Are you wondering if you need a retreat? Today's guest is wonderful at giving us some insight on whether it's a good idea to go on a retreat with a bunch of strangers, pay a bunch of money, if now is the time. Her name is Petia Kolibova, and she's a women's alignment coach. And we have a wonderful chat today on mindset blocks, limiting beliefs, all of these wonderful things that are kind of holding us back. They're keeping us maybe a little bit confined and trapped in our comfort zone. But more specifically, we talk about retreats. Um, I've been getting a lot of demand from clients and followers to do a retreat. And I think women just need to get out of their their bubble right now. They need to change the scenery, but it can feel scary. Is it a good idea to just sign up for a big expensive retreat with a bunch of strangers that you don't know? Um, that's what Petty and I really kind of circle around on today's episode. So if you're on the fence about needing retreat or not to retreat, today's episode is for you. All right, Petia, I'm so excited to have you on the call. Prior to recording, we were chatting, which I do with all guests, and there were just so many little nuggets that we just had to hurry up and click the record button because I felt like we were missing out on stuff that listeners would really enjoy hearing. But ultimately, we want to have this conversation centered around mindset blocks today, right? What is a limiting mindset? What are some of the most common blocks that clients come to you with? And is there anything that we can do like starting today, like something mini right now to address them? Yes, I love that. And isn't it so beautiful, Elizabeth, that you and me in the prior, when you hit the the, the record button, you also share something. I'm like, uh, 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 like drop it right there, drop it like it's hot because that's a limiting belief, right? I am like, I can't, like I cannot let you go there. And it's so like, listen, it's so like normal, right? What we think it's like normal. Like what are people uh, willing to invest if people have time, if people have energy, what people like. And it's like, we are creating all these stories. Like, is that really true that women are not going to pay $5,000 to be with you in a group for two days? Is that true? No, there are women and people who would pay it easily. And we were talking about a little bit about like pricing, right? Our services and things like that. And I remember when I hosted retreat a few months ago here in Tulum, I invited actually my fertility doctor because she's all about like spirituality, growth and everything. She came and it, this one was, I can't remember if it was five or seven days. I, but uh, she came to me and she was like, Petia, like I would pay you double for just like first two days. And I'm like, one, I'm happy. She sees the value. I'm like, damn, I should have charged more. You know what I mean? But I think as women, we don't do that. I mean, I think in general too, like even if you aren't an entrepreneur or in the service industry, quote unquote, I think that it's really hard to understand our value at work. I have so many clients who right now are going through negotiations, salary negotiations, whether they're getting promoted or they're starting new opportunities. And to your point, I have no problem pushing them for more money because I can see their value. And I think that we probably do that a lot with our girlfriends and our family members and maybe even our spouse. But when it comes to us, I think it can be a lot harder to really see the value in yourself. So you're saying that's a pretty big block. It is. It is. And you have to also remember, Elizabeth, that it's absolutely normal. Like what I always see, and and someone shared this with me on my podcast like years ago, and I don't remember or I would give a credit, but I feel like it's brilliant. Like imagine yourself like being in a bottle, you're inside of the bottle, and then there is a like the, the label on the outside. 
you see the label, but you don't know what it says. But mentors, coaches, guides, healers, visionaries, they're on the outside and they're like, hey, this is what it says. So we get to have other people around us. And that's why I always, I am, I'm working with different healers, mentors, I have a business and marketing coach because it's so easier for us to tell like, hey, do this because we are not in the situation emotionally, financially, we are not like in that, right? So that's why I feel like it's very important just to look around at your life and ask yourself like, Am I okay with this? What if nothing ever changes? Am I okay with this? Most women, when they come to me, and I bet the one who come to you, they would say no. Yeah. Something else that you said too, I love that analogy of the, the label on the bottle and we're not able to see that. And I think it's great to really try to take a look at your life and see how many people do you have that are reading that label. And another metaphor that I've used with clients in the past is, it's almost kind of like there's a kind of dark and murky lake and you're in the lake, but I'm in a boat on top of the lake. <laughs> I feel like I can see all of this other stuff. I can see where we need to go. I can see where some of you are. But when you're underwater like that, you know, depending on how stuck you feel in your life, it's going to be impossible for you to see it. So what I feel like what a coach or what a guide or what a mentor does is they kind of like pull you into the boat that they're in so that you can then see what's out there. Your point, a lot of times, you know, there's been some external conditioning, something that made us think that our value was less than the actual perception from others, right? It feels like you need people in your life, and you, but to do that, you need to invest. And therein in lies the additional block, right, of am I worthy to invest in? I feel like it's, we get to remember, like, am I worthy or am I not? Like you were born worthy. And then you just like pick up on all of these stories from what you saw, what you were told, what you were experiencing, all the conditioning. So like when you look at the little babies, they, <laughs> they don't care. They're like, I will get whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. And uh, then we are growing up and we start to see the limits and, the, the saddest thing is that we start adapting the limits that are not even ours because we look at our grandparents, our parents, our teachers, our friends, our then our society, where do we live? And we start adapting all of that. Is that really yours? Is that really your truth? And uh, if it's not yours, what is? Exactly. But because we forget who we are on the journey. Yeah. And I think too, I love, you know, you're a certified breathwork facilitator, Reiki, NLP, human design. I have tried to incorporate as many of those practices into my coaching, which is pretty tactical, right, for career. But then you have this whole other soul side. So can you tell us a little bit about how these resources can really help you get back in touch with the divinity that you're born with? Mm, I love this question so much, Elizabeth, because... So very often we can look at our life and we are just so stuck in our head. We are trying to analyze and make things work and sleepless nights and strategizing and planning. And all those are great tools, but it's not what it's really leading us. What is leading us? It's our body and our soul that resides in a body. That's just my belief, whether we want to be woo-woo or not, right? Like I do believe that there is just a higher power and bigger energy that it's guiding and, and leading everything. So it's about balancing both. We can call it feminine, masculine. We can call it strategy and spirituality or science and spirituality. 
I truly believe that we came into this world to experience it all. And when you're using these different modalities like breathwork or NLP, or I also do in my clients in the activation process, which is absolutely beautiful. Ooh, what is that? It's called inner dance. So it's called inner dance. So you are, I bet you are familiar with breathwork. Breathwork is very masculine energy. It's, you have to do something. You have to be focused. You have to be breathing. There is a goal. There's achievement. When you are practicing inner dance, there is a full surrender of your body, of your soul, reconnecting to a higher power. We are using a different uh, brainwaves. So we are using very advanced like playlists. And there is also like I use light language. I use Reiki, aromatherapy and all of these things to really help you go deeper into the surrender. So inner dance, it's very, very feminine energy and it's the the playlist goes from like 60 or to 90 up to 90 minutes and you completely lose the it's it's like a conscious like you're safe you're I'm there right or or you're whoever it's it's doing that with you so like when I did it with my client I put we did it inside of the house because we did a one-on-one VIP experience I put like uh, pillows everywhere like on the corners <laughs> So she cannot like bump because some of my clients, they will just lay down and have very deep, deep experience, like out of body experience, you know, um, and, uh, some of them, they will literally like, so they're just laying there listening to music. And that's what's triggering this like out-of-body experience? Yes. But some of them, they can be literally dancing, expressing. So it's you connecting with the divine. Oh. It's you connecting with the energy that is everything. It's literally the universe dancing, flowing through you. And we are using the, the playlist. They have so many different layers and so many different brain waves activations. Plus we also, you can do it online, but you know, like I do it in person with my clients. We, we also use like acupressure to touch a yeah. different point. So it activates you even deeper. And like I said, some of my clients, they're just lying down and they have a deep experience and just have inner experience. Some of them, they will sit down and move, sit up and move. Some of them, they will literally be dancing. I will be posting probably this week's uh, some of the videos from my mastermind when I did inner dance because people are not familiar with it. And I feel like it's such a powerful tool on how to really reconnect to your soul because you come back from this experience and it's very feminine so it's more like there is layers it's more chaotic it's more like masculine it's very focused masculine it's i have this goal you do breath work and you like reconnect with this or forgive this one or let go of that or you have a vision when you do inner dance there's so many different layers and it just keeps expanding it's it's expansion that you're feeling of your soul and of your body you know i'm pretty i feel <laughs> i feel like i'm mm -hmm. and i definitely love everything woo um, and I think maybe I've heard that before, but not the wonderful, you know, detailed explanation that you just gave. But even I feel like I have some initial resistance to that. Like, I don't know, like, I think I would be self-conscious if I was in a group and people were dancing and, and I just like, to me, that's like, nope, <laughs> do that. But why is that? Why do you think people have that resistance? Because we are afraid to be judged. Like it's our innate, like need to belong, right? Like w even for our like immune system, we gotta like feel that we belong. 
we thrive in community because we know since the very babies that when we are alone, when we are thrown somewhere alone, like we have a lower chances of survivor. We know it in a business. You can get only this far to do that all alone, right? Like I was solopreneur at the beginning and it sucked because it was too much work and, and I couldn't focus on the things one I wanted to be doing and also two on money-making activities because I was doing all these little things that now I delegate to my team. But Elizabeth, for like not feeling comfortable in a group, when I do this, I first connect the group and the energy so they feel safe. People around me, and that's just my energy, people around me feel safe, grounded, nurtured. And, and this is like specific to me, right? So I know that anyone who is with me and around me is feeling safe. And that's why I'm very selective who is coming to my retreats, who is coming and working with me one-on-one because my energy and, and my wisdom is just priceless. And when you are doing this, the inner dance with me, even in a group, you have an eye mask on because you go into so much deeper experience. So nobody can see you. You cannot see anyone but me. And of course, I ask permission if I can record or take some pictures and videos. So because like I said, it is a conscious trance. So you will remember some things, but it's like you didn't plan for it. It's not like, oh, let me move this and let me move that. It flows through you. So it's a beautiful exercise for really surrender and reconnecting and reconnecting with your truth and with who you really are. So I feel like all of these beautiful modalities are about to bring you back into your body, feeling safe into your body, because especially as women, centuries, millennia that we didn't feel safe. We didn't feel safe expressing ourselves. We didn't feel safe in our body. We're taking away our rights <laughs> left and right go. here. Um, Where did you live? I'm in California. Um, so we have more rights in um, some of our friends in other states, but it does feel like there's, you know, there's some refreshed, oppressive vibes going on right now to women. I don't know if it's just because we're strengthening ourselves and that becomes more of a threat to the patriarchy. That's a whole nother episode. But are there any recommendations you have to kind of like baby step yourself into this stuff? Like if our listeners aren't exactly ready to like book a retreat with five other strangers, even though they really trust the host and it sounds delightful. I just know people, a lot of them will have some resistance to that and, and maybe kind of going this deep. What do you think is like an easy kind of first step or maybe something they could even do in their own homes to try to reconnect with that soul spirit? Mm -hmm. So, you know, first of all, Elizabeth, I would just say like, leap and the net will appear really because if you're not where you want to be in your life on your own well it's it's going to be tough you know how long do you want to be doing it alone do you a month do you want to do it two years you know like I I feel like we gotta get uncomfortable gotta invest to be invested you know and so I truly believe that you gotta find someone who you trust who you feel good with and you will know that they will be choosing the people that are right for you. There has to be full trust woman, you know, like um, away because I'm like, it's it's not a right fit, not right now. So I, I do that because then I have deeper experience. You know, I don't do it to make, you know, five, 10, 20 grand more because I know it will come from other channels, from different places. So yeah, the first one, I would say, take a deep breath and invest in in-person experience. And if you don't 
doing group right away. A lot of, co you know, coaches are doing like one-on-one VIP experiences. I know I do them. I do VIP day, VIP weekend. And it's very powerful because then you have the one-on-one -on -one attention and you can go so much deeper. If right now you feel like, well, that doesn't excite me right now. Where can you start? It's just like start in the morning tuning into your own body, tuning into your own like energy because so very often we get up and we go. We get up and just like do things, right? Instead of like connecting with ourselves. So every single morning when I just like, when you become conscious, like ask yourself, what do I feel like right now? Do you feel like going for a walk? Do you feel like sitting in a shower or a bath? Do you feel like meditating? Do you feel like dancing? Like I always do first thing in the morning, something like with my body. So, you know, the first very thing I usually just put my hand on my belly and on my chest and I'm just becoming conscious of my body. How am I feeling? How is my environment? How is, how is my pillow? Um, and, and just like, how is the air around me? So it's, it's the sensations, right? The sensuality in our life. It's so important. So first I do that and then I do meditation and then I do like dancing, just one song a day, dancing with the closed eyes. Be mindful that you don't have any like sharp objects or you're dan don't dancing <laughs> don't like do it around on your balcony. the stairs. Right. Please don't, don't do these things driving, which is silly, <laughs> but we got to say this, right? right. But I, I have a space in like our bedroom and I just like dance in my, you know, pajamas. And I can promise you that just a couple, five minutes, whatever it is for you, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, it is going to get you into the state of acceptance and surrender. And it's not like get up and go. And even if you're a busy entrepreneur or you're single mama, it doesn't matter. You can do like two minutes. I swear, you know, like your baby is napping, your baby is sleeping. You can still do that. And if you can't, literally just when you wake up, still lying on your bed, just like on your belly and on your um, heart and just think about what are you grateful for? What are you excited for today? And what is the one thing you will do for yourself today? It will get you in a state of energy of positive expectations versus like, oh, I gotta get up and my kid didn't sleep all night and I'm tired and whatever. Like a couple minutes setting and being intentional, it's going to change your whole day. When you change your day, you'll change your life. Right. Well, our the days are our lives. <laughs> yeah. I think too, Esther Hicks, who's somebody that I adore, you know, calls that um, segmenting, right? Like segment your morning. And so even if you're up and you're about to brush your teeth and have an intention while you're brushing your teeth, just to brush your teeth. Like it doesn't have to be this philosophical, you know, journey every moment because at the end of the day, you know, there's stuff that needs to get done, right? And maybe you do need to do your Peloton and then you shower, but it's the awareness that you have a choice for each one of these little segments to feel really good about it and feel excited about it or just accept them for what they are or just sleepwalk through your whole day. I think that's the point, right? Is like just have an acknowledgement of what you're doing. You don't have to have a padded room that you can dance in. Like I think that dancing is great. I think dancing with kids is great too. I don't know about you. I mean, that's the one time that I don't really feel judged is, well, now my kids are getting older, so they're probably deeply judging me, but I don't care. But especially when they were babies, you know, I would hold them and just dance with them and they loved it and I loved it. So I think that if it's hard for you to song a day by yourself, I think it's okay to have a dance party while you're making dinner, you know, and have the kids in there or something else. But I do want to kind of come back to this, you know, question of to retreat or not to retreat, right? I think 
your I love that that was your answer that you have to invest to be invested. It's such a beautiful way to put it. I always tell clients, you know, you have to have some skin in the game. Like you're not going to get a lot of results if there is no upfront, especially like finance. It's like a yoga class that's free versus a yoga class that's 90 bucks. You know, you're going to go to that yoga class that's 90 bucks and you're going to go every damn week because you paid that and therefore you're going to get these results. But I think too with the retreat I'm glad that you said that because my spiritual awakening started retreat. Like I wasn't with a group, but it was at Miraval. You know, this was this was probably gosh eight nine years ago. Um, two girlfriends, and they had these wonderful facilitators there. These you know psychics and post traumatic memory memory resolution people, like all of these wonderfully deeply spiritual people there. It wasn't you know, just like going and sitting on a beach and drinking alcohol, it was to do work. But so that kind of like came back to my awareness when you said that, like, at some point, maybe we do just have to pull ourselves out of our environment that we've literally been stuck in for two years during the pandemic, and take a leap of faith and get together with other people who can read our labels, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's so, so important to be intentional, you know, like how you shared, like the people, they came there to do the work. Like when we do our retreats, like we, there is no alcohol. There is, we, we offer like some like reishi coffee for people who like drink coffee, but I just invite stimulants, no alcohol. Um, I have a private vegan chef, you know, so when you come, it's not only mindset work, not only like spiritual, emotional work, but also like physical work on your body so you can really become the clear vessel. I think it's so important to look at um, not only retreats, but also coaching like holistically, right? Because if client comes to you and she's just like upset because she cannot find a work or being overwhelmed with life, you know, it's challenging not to look at her whole picture. What are you drinking? What are you eating yourself? It, you know, then you find out that you know, she's having three coffees a day. Well, of course you're agitated. Of course you're nervous of this, you know? So um, I feel like it's so important holistically. Yeah. As I suck down my second coffee of the day. Um, but I'll stop there. <laughs> Some days I do heavily decaf. Um, I do agree. Like definitely alcohol um, lowers the vibe. It just does, ladies. I'm not saying you can never have a glass of wine. But, you know, on past episode, I've talked about this too. Like the mommy wine culture is so toxic. And I think that it's a way to stay numb. And I know that it creates a bigger distance between me and my guides and my soul messages that are trying to come through. It just does. I think in the moment you feel looser and you feel like, oh, okay, maybe some of my inhibitions are gone, but it disconnects you. And so I agree. I think retreats, you know, I love it when they're alcohol free. I know that for some people that can be a hindrance, but I think if you, maybe if you don't call it out, but there just doesn't happen to be any alcohol there. <laughs> They'll see that they don't need it. But I, to your point, there needs to be a radical shakeup from their daily routine, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's why I say like, I love doing retreats when you can take people completely away from what they know, right? Like we tell them ideally no technology of some mamas that get to check up on a, you know their kids, but like you don't need to be holding your phone 24 seven. Like you got a break, go meditate, go swim, go 10, go, go connect with the other women, you know? So we always give us space and time for integration, but 
taking people from what they know can really shake and shape who they are going to continue becoming. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think a lot of times people go to retreats and they come home and I don't know about you, but when I was went to Miraval the first time, after the first couple of weeks, I would say to my girlfriend who had went with me, you know, it feels like the Miraval is wearing off. Like it was mm-hmm. slowly starting to get back to the routine of life. So how do you, other than, you know, coaching, how can somebody really try to, you know, embrace and keep the vibe alive from a retreat after they get home? Well, we always like when we are doing like a closing ceremony, we always ask them like, how are you going to make sure that you're accountable to what you declare that you will be doing differently, right? But else are you going to like do to stay in that? So you got to take action. It's not about just like going on retreat and feeling good. Like we work with them. Like that's the part of the masculine, the strategies and actions that they can take. Like what it really resonated with you on the retreat? Was it the morning routine? Was it the the food? Was it the drinks? Like my client, after we hosted Now Mastermind, she was like, I, she used to have like chronic pain in her body and also like upset stomach. And after coming to the retreat and doing our vegan food, like she has no pain and she had pain for years. So she was like, I'm sticking with it. Like I'm opening up to this. Like I want to try this. So she keeps going. So you get to ask yourself what part of this really resonated with me, which parts really helped me deeper. And you get to be surrounded by people who get it, whether stay connected with the mastermind, sorry, retreat host or the people who were there or like having the journal. And it's not about bring your journal on the retreat, write in it and then put it in a drawer with other 50, you know, of your journals. Been there, done that. Like I have like million journals. I definitely have a drawer of journals. Yep. So do I think I have like a huge box because everything it's in storage back in States. But it's like, what are you actually going to do and change about your life? Because if not, you will feel better and then you will go back to that. So I have one of my clients who like took steps like right away in her life, in her business, in her, she's shifting from corporate job into the coaching and she like took steps, which she could implement like right away, you know, so don't let it like wear off, be supported, see what's working, see what really like uplifted you and keep implementing that in your life. Like whether it's going to be do the breath work on your own or work with your coach, like do the dancing, do the journaling, like do something that really impacted you deeply and take it to the next level. Yeah. That's your soul giving you a nudge, right? If it impacted you, if one of the treat really resonated, then that's your soul nudging you like, hey, let's do more of this. Absolutely. Well, I love this conversation, Petia. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like, you know, in the beginning we started talking about mindset blocks, limiting beliefs. But at the end of the day, when people really do want to have some sort of awakening or change things up, I totally believe in-person retreats help facilitate that. And maybe if you're resistant to going on one of these retreats, maybe you look at some of your, your mindset blocks, right? Is there a limited mindset that's at play? And if so, maybe now is the time to push through. Maybe this is your divine message to take the leap. Mm, absolutely. So thank you so much, Petia. 